Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. Church, how exciting. How exciting. I love that. Easter Sunday, the most important day in the calendar for us followers of Jesus. It's important because it signifies everything Jesus said. See, everything He taught, everything that He promised, all the prophecies He fulfilled mean nothing until this very moment. And that's the moment He conquers the grave. It's the moment He goes into hell and He takes back to the keys of life and He gives, a, he gives the enemy a once over, gives him a beating, stomps on him a bit, and then He returns to earth victorious rebuilding the pathway the bridge between us and the Father come on hey this morning if you're tuning in for the first time and maybe you don't know much about Jesus maybe this is the first time maybe a friend's invited you maybe you've stumbled across the link maybe I'm speaking into the future right now and you've gone to our YouTube channel days, weeks, months, years from this very moment, for whatever reason you're watching this right now, can I tell you that there's a God and He loves you? Now you might not fully comprehend what that love is. You might not have the logical or the academic understanding of how that has been represent, uh, 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 represented right across millennia. You might not fully comprehend what the Bible is right now, but I can tell you He is alive and He's brought you to this very moment. It's not by mistake. It's a divine providence. He's called you by name. He's pulling at your heartstrings, not because He wants to control you, but He wants to set you free from what is rubbing you, what is keeping you back, what is taking away from you and not giving. He wants to give you life abundantly. For all of us who are tuning in and we know that promise, we've said yes to Jesus. What a moment to begin to pray for those that we love, those that we're hoping would encounter Jesus in the Easter bar gift box that you would have been received, given to your doorstep or handed to you across this week. There is a card in there and it's an important card. It looks like this and you're wondering, why did I get given a bookmark with just lines on it? This is not for your shopping list. This is not to give to your husband and say, remember to get bread and wine, though that would be really you know, ironic. This is to write down names of people that you know God has called you to pray for, to believe for, to stand in the gap for, that they would encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they would be set free, never the same again, a new creation, a new beginning, the old man and woman passing away and stepping into the full inheritance and reward of Christ. This is not a nicety. This is a need. It is an urgency and it's expectation. When we partner with things like this as a church, there's hundreds of us. If we're writing down five names each, six names each, you don't even have to follow the line. If you're anything like me, these lines mean nothing to you. You're going to scribble on every end. You're going to turn it around. You're going to say, hey, there's more space for names. There's more space for names. I remember as a young man finding a Bible because my dad used to collect Bibles and in the back of the Bibles was well, the Bible was hundreds of names. And I asked my dad, what does this mean? What was this Bible about? And he said, the person who used to own it, every time God told him to pray for someone's salvation, he would write their name in the back of the Bible. And what I found interesting is that there was a line through every name, a line through every name. 
Why? Because that line represented what was once lost has been found. Can I tell you right now, this line here means nothing. It's the line that you're going to cross through the name when Jesus, the King of King comes and He invades that person's life and He brings them resurrection and He brings them real hope and He begins to put right what was wrong and He begins to mend broken hearts and He begins to break chains. This is what this is about. It's not a nicety. If you don't do this, and you know Pastor Ben can get real like, I'm real tired about this stuff. If you don't do this, you are a Christian living in neglect of your commission. And therefore you are not stewarding what has been given to you. And I say this to encourage you, you're all being given authority on heaven and earth. You've not been left an orphan. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has been sent, a good gift, the ultimate gift. You have the ability to fill this card out, to pray over it day in, day out, be consistent in it and not be negligent in your responsibility or your faith, but be proactive, be a multiplier, be an increaser, exponential giver of the spiritual realm. You are a warrior. You are called by name to stand on the front lines of this great cosmic battle. And if there isn't a day to reflect on your position in change, then today is that day and you need to do it. Is that good? Wow. Hey, I don't have a, you know, He's risen message for you today because I know you know He's risen. And if, you, if you're like, well, it's the first time I've heard it. Well, you heard it. He's risen. He's alive. The world has not been the same since He stepped back onto it in full resurrection power. And what I love is that spirit that resurrected Him from the grave now lives in us. And we're gonna reflect on what I believe is a prophetic word from God to our church. And it might be to other churches. And it might be the the case that our church is in the same predicament a lot of churches in the West are in. But right now, I'm gonna read you this part of Scripture and then we're gonna quickly go through it as I believe the Holy Spirit has led us to go through it. Are you ready? Pastor Ben doesn't have his iPad. It's Easter. You've got to have your Bible on stage for Easter. We're reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, from verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath, at the dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. What a boss move. Boom. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. All the kids watching, it's like sleeping lions. Dead ants. The angel said to the woman, don't be afraid. Sorry, to the women, don't be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Just as He said, come and see the place where He lay. Then go quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Now I have told you. Verse 8 says, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell His disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, He said. Freak out. They came to Him, clasped His feet and worshipped Him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see Me. 
We're going to read on, but this is the first part of what I believe is a prophetic word to us as a church. Do you know if COVID has done anything, it has created a tomb of what was. It has built a tomb of what was. See, what was once a miracle becomes a movement and what was once a movement becomes a museum and what was once a museum becomes a mausoleum. And I think sometimes if we were to look at how we were doing our faith or how we were conducting church on the weekly, and I don't mean as like a service, I mean in our heart of hearts. As we did it, did we just come here for a social group? Did we did it to tick a tradition box? I think at, at the end of the day, what was once a miracle can so easily become a movement and that's beautiful. But that movement then becomes a museum of traditions of how it was. And we worship how it was and not what is to come. And then all of a sudden we find what was once a museum becomes a mausoleum, a tomb. That's what a mausoleum is, a religious tomb. And I read this and I feel like, and I sense the Holy Spirit saying, He's not there anymore. He's not in what was. Stop trying to roll the stone closed on the tomb. COVID has allowed Him to open it. And we're sitting here and we're wondering, where is Jesus? We're wondering, oh, is COVID, like, are we going to go back to how it was? No way. Not the, not the spiritual way it was. He should have awakened you and it might have been hard and I know it. But he says these witnesses, and trust me, if you knew these witnesses, if you read across the Gospels, you read historically, there were six women that can be accounted for in this moment. There's Joanna, who's from the courts of the king with her husband. There's four Marys. Get original, right? It's his mum, it's his auntie. Come on. Mum and auntie turned up. You're not there. You're in trouble. Right? There's Mary Magdalene. This woman was freed from demonic possession, set free by Jesus. There's Mary, the son of James and Joseph. She's the fourth one. Then there's Salome, a woman from Galilee, one of the early followers of Christ. Can I ask you this question? And you've heard it before. And it's simply this. Jesus is not looking for Pastor Ben and all the academic, you know, clergymen and women of this world to be the witness. He's asked the average, the somewhat culturally insignificant people to bear witness. And I know we've spoken about this before, but at the time, women weren't acceptable witnesses. Six of them still weren't worth one man's testimony as a witness. But I love my God. Because he's saying, hey, it's not about you. It's about what you're bearing witness to. See, see, at the end of the day, you're not the source of power. You're bearing witness to the source of power. And so when we as a church begin to realise what was, that, that, that no longer exists anymore. Our comfortable Christianity, that's, that tomb is sealed. It doesn't, he doesn't live there anymore. Our complacency, the grace for us to live a life where we don't tell anyone, where we keep the flame hidden. There's no more space for that anymore. He's saying He's not there. He never was. He's risen. He's moved on. Church, He's moved on. He has risen. He's moved on from commercial Christianity. He's moved on from us worshipping just the lights of being moved by our emotions. 
He's saying, I've called each and every one of you. You're all qualified. If He can call six women that culture and society at the time would never have believed and He found them worthy and He found them awesome and He found them the ones, the vessels called, then He's called you. And all you have to do is bear witness because it's in the testimony of His sacrifice. It's in the testimony of His resurrection that His Word becomes life and it's no longer your power, but the Holy Spirit's like, hold my drink. I'm going for it. I'm stepping into this moment. Get this person a taxi because they won't be able to walk home after I'm dealt with them tonight. He's not in that tomb anymore. The church of old was a mausoleum. It was a tomb worshipping what was. He says, I'm more, I'm more excited about what is to come. Step forward, man. Step forward, woman of God. He says in verse 11 here, while the woman, the women were on their way, some of the guards that was, you know, the ones that looked dead, went to the city and reported to the chief priests everything they had, that had happened. And when the chief priests had uh, met with the elders, they devised a plan. And they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say the disciples came during the night and stole them away while we were asleep. If the report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money, did as they were instructed, and this story has widely been circulated amongst the Jews to this very day. Oh, when I read this, felt like the Holy Spirit just like, Phew. don't you dare use resource to, to control the narrative of what was. Don't you dare use the resource of the kingdom to begin. Think about it. These are the elders. These are the chief priests. These are the ones that have access to what was given to the temple. They're using God's money to bribe soldiers to keep them quiet and tell a narrative that best suits. To put it into perspective, what God is saying to us as a church, don't use what I've given you to unofficially declare I'm dead. Don't make that mistake. Don't worship what is dead. Don't perpetrate, don't propagate what is dead. It's time to move on. Let's not try to keep our lives comfortable for comfortability's sake. He's breaking the back of that. He's not looking for commercial Christians. He's looking for convicted Christians. He's looking for devout followers, which means we don't, we don't at any cause, at any cost, stop testifying that He is risen. He's not dead. His body wasn't stolen. It was raised. I love this because in Matthew, it ends with the Great Commission. It says, The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. Some doubted. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've heard commanded to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have read this. We know this. We understand what this means. If you're a Christian, this is what the Great Commission, this is what we've been told to do by our Lord and Saviour. And we should be doing it day in, day out. But can I tell you right now, don't you say He's risen and not do this. Because you can only say He's risen if you're listening to a living God. And if you're listening to a living God that's met you where you were at and let you come as you were, then you would have not just heard you're saved, you would have heard you're commissioned. 
You wouldn't have just heard that you've been freed and redeemed. You would have heard that you've been sent to bring a good message. The Great Commission is He is risen in us. That's the outworking of the words, He is risen, is the Great Commission. It's to go into all the world, make disciples, baptising them in the Name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them in the ways of God. You know, if there's a cultural war going on right now, and we know it is, then this is the greatest hour for the church to stand. We're not gonna be bent. We're not gonna surrender to the things of this world. Church, listen to me. In your households right now, there is a war waging It has been brought to our doorstep. You no longer can hide from it. You can no longer, you know, just pretend that you're just one of many things or you can just keep quiet. The world demands an answer. It always has. Maybe for the last hundred years, it hasn't been asking. But guess what? It's knocking again. It's asking again. It's come to the door of the church and it wants us to say, what's your truth? And it wants us to accept its truth. Can I tell you right now, the culture war is upon us and this is our finest hour. This is our greatest hour. This is our moment to stand and say, you know what? This is the truth. I serve a God that is a good God who sent His only Son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. And He is resurrected and He set me free and I'm not bound by sin. I'm not bound by shame, but I am freed by the blood of the Lamb. And I testify now that He has come for me and He's coming for you. And the power that's in you is greater than Him. So rise to the challenge, church, because you are set free. Can we go into worship right now? And can we start praising the name of Jesus? Because He has and is risen. hope you enjoyed this message we would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast other ways you can connect with avant life is through youtube instagram and facebook or check out our website at avantlifechurch.com